0: Welcome into another edition of new track record. Caleb Hatch and Justin Kinney with you. We are back after a one-week hiatus here in the offseason. Just had a few things going on in my life. I was a little busy. Some,
1: some. He was out of the country dealing with some things. Yeah. No, he was not over in Ukraine or anything, but uh, important things nonetheless.
0: Yes. Uh, got married, then went to Mexico for the week. So.
1: And still married. Yes. So... So far, so good.
0: Yes. That that is key. And uh, <laughs> very much enjoyed my time in Mexico. Um, I had been to Mexico, but nowhere cool, you know, just like border towns. Yeah. And this is my first time going to like a all inclusive resort. So that was really nice. And
1: well, it was nice for your for your now wife too to also balance business with pleasure because I know you were going throughout Mexico during this week to find tracks and venues <laughs> that would be interested in hosting an IndyCar race. So always working, Mr. Caleb Hatch. Uh,
0: no, thankfully, I did not do that. Uh, <laughs> th- there were no race tracks that I saw in my travels staying in the uh, Cancun region. So
1: you don't see possibility of a Cancun Grand Prix.
0: I didn't. I, to be honest, I didn't spend enough time besides, you know, getting driven to the airport and leaving from the airport in a shuttle to really know the possibilities there. I'm sure there would be.
1: Do you think Tony Koppman can like visit places or, or drive without that popping into his head about how, where he would design a, 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 a track, a street course in every town he's driving through? Like, is he going through like, Oh, this would be a tight turn. This would be a really picturesque part of This would be a good passing zone. I wonder if he can, he can separate those things.
0: He probably can, but so can a lot of people by just using Google maps, satellite view. Very
1: true. You can build <laughs> anything, right? So yeah,
0: if you build it, they will maybe hopefully come. come. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not.
0: Probably not. But I mean, look, we all would like a race in Mexico. Um, I would hope they can get a race in Mexico soon. Obviously not next year, but maybe twenty twenty four. That would be nice.
1: Well, we saw how when we saw with the Mexican Grand Prix and how the crowds come out. Obviously.
0: Oh, I mean, it was a big deal for the country. So I I watched a little bit of Fox Sports Mexico, and they had F1 coverage on there. They have Thursday Night Football, which I watched, which was weird because it was dubbed over in Spanish with the announcers, with, like, Spanish announcers. But they were showing, like, just the regular Amazon Prime feed, which is kind (laughs) of weird. Um, I watched some, like, F1 kind of preview stuff. Where I didn't understand a word they were saying, but I was just watching <laughs> and they had this, uh, Sergio Perez like little documentary that was set to air. Okay. Checo something something was the name. I, I forget what it was. But Checo
1: to Checkered. That's what I'm gonna not, say it was. No.
0: Good. It was it was basically like you know rising above or you yeah. know overcoming obstacles something like that. Well, but, we saw
1: we saw how popular Pato Award was at the Mexican Grand Prix and there were a lot of pictures online seeing him signing autographs and big crowds around him. So, you would hope IndyCar could get something off the ground in Mexico before Pato Award says farewell to the IndyCar series.
0: Yeah, one would hope and I mean, shoot, I it was cool. I was on Telcel which is like I, you a, say, a, a, a Checo to, sponsor. Well, all of a sudden you were Bull. texting
1: me. I didn't expect to hear from you for a week. <laughs> and then I was like, man, he's, pay, he's paying $2.35 a text to talk no. to me. Nope. No. Nope. Oh, that's why I made it out to me. I felt yeah. like I was that, that important. But I think gone are the days with that. Like if you can get signal in Mexico, good signal, you're not having to pay absorbent prices.
0: There was signal, but there was not data. That makes any sense. So yeah, I had Wi-Fi at the resort, but you leave the resort, and I didn't really use it. Gotcha. Because there wasn't really a way to use it. But.
1: Well, it was good for you to check in. You know, I always worry when, when, when go people go to Mexico, if you're going to lose some, some some organs or something, And but you came back intact. Both of you came back reasonably yeah. intact.
0: Yeah, not that wild. I mean, the resort was pretty tame. You venture outside the resort, you go to the shops, it can get a little interesting. You know, hey, do you want to pet this monkey? Or the, they have these, it's not a lemur, but it's like a mix between a lemur and a raccoon that people have. Uh, you know, do you want a picture with this? So there was this one that the guy said it was his name was Justin Bieber, which was hilarious. Ooh, um, the monkey was named Buster. Yeah, Justin Bieber, yeah the the okay. lemur raccoon whatever okay. hybrid I forget the name of it. And then, uh, you know, snakes and all kinds of just like on the street is nice. interesting.
1: But you do have to. I feel when you go to places like that, you have to venture out and see the culture a little oh, yeah. bit. Yeah, because I remember doing a, a cruise and and stopped in Jamaica. And of course, they have the little area that's like the the, the cruise area, but you can the venture tourist out. trap. yeah, the tourist trap, but I mean the whole thing is a tourist trap, even when you venture out, but it's a different strategy when you walk out there and they're just inundating you with this, that and the other. But I felt like I, you need to go out there and experience the quote unquote real Mexico or the real Jamaica a little bit. You don't want to be those those snooty people that never leave the, oh yeah, leave the confines of, of everything that feels like America.
0: No, we we went and walked around so like the resort we stayed in Playa del Carmen. So the resort was right in the heart of like the the shopping district, so you okay. went out and like right there and there was like a a really nice like upscale shopping mall plus a bunch of little shops along the street. So we ventured out into that Sweet. a couple of times and got some little trinkets and stuff. But it it was uh it was interesting. And leaving the airport, once you get past customs and and then you go out to the rental car area. Man, it's a zoo. <laughs> I, I mean, imagine. We are. We had already prearranged our shuttle service. Yeah. Because it's about 45 minutes to an hour ride between Cancun Airport and in the resort. But man, it was wild. Crazy. Yes. Very much so.
1: Just pesos flying all over the place. You <laughs> pay for
0: everything. Hey, hey, the key is pay in pesos on your credit card. You really? Because the money. conversion
1: race and, rate and yeah, everything?
0: The, yeah. As long as you're getting a good conversion rate, you know, okay. anywhere between 19 and, and 21 pesos is pretty standard, but you get a better wow. price in pesos than you do in U.S. dollars. Duly noted. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this week's show. Yeah, Thanks it. a lot. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. It's been a great return. Um, okay. Speaking of Mexico, though, plenty to get to. We have Alex Palo, who participated in an FP1. Uh, Pato Award, the uh, Mexican driver in IndyCar. He welcomes a new teammate for the Indy 500 plus the team welcomes a new sponsor and Roger Penske wants more ovals. Indy lights has a new name. That's all to come on this week's episode. I think we'll start things off with McLaren and their announcements this week. First off, Tony can will be in a fourth car with the team that had been rumored before officially confirmed now this week and he'll be the fourth car. So they have, the driver who finished second in Pato Award. The driver who finished third right in Tony Canon The driver who finished fourth in Felix Rosenquist. And the driver who finished fifth in Alexander Rossi in this year's Indy 500. That's their lineup.
1: It just shows how important it is for McLaren to win this race. Still hasn't won a championship, obviously. Still hasn't won a 500 either. But they're setting this team up to have their best shot it seems like every successive year we say that the the net this next year is their best shot. But taking the 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 path to to try to do that, and anytime you can also snake a sponsor, a huge sponsor, the title sponsor of the series from Chip Ganassi, and go to your team, that's that's a bonus.
0: Yeah. So Kanan will have Braining from NTT Data as part of his 500 ride plus. They'll switch from Chip Ganassi Racing to Arrow McLaren SP. They will be Felix Rosenquist sponsoring the number six Chevy in 10 of the 17 races, I believe. Um, so that's a switch. And then Alexander Rossi will move over and we'll have views braining, which was, I think, Felix's primary views on one car, Arrow on the other. I honestly can't remember which one's which. But, yeah. I mean, th- these are huge wins for this team. And the rivalry between Chip Ganassi and Zach Brown just seems to build (laughs) (laughs) because of these moves, because he steals one of the veteran drivers and steals a longtime Ganassi sponsor. I mean, NTT Data had been with Ganassi going back to the 2013-8500 with, I think, Ryan Briscoe. That goes to show you how long that relationship has been.
1: And you don't see this happen very often. You don't see sponsors, especially longtime sponsors, go from one power team to another. So... Man, I would love to know why. Is it to follow a particular driver? Is it some sort of better deal? I don't know. You know how does this work? But you mentioned they're on McLaren cars in Formula One, correct?
0: Yes, and they have been for a bit. Just like Arrow's been on McLaren cars for a couple of years, right? So that um, could be
1: the the, that the could tie be part in. of it. Yes, yeah. So and I would think maybe that's that that's the big part if they're. If they were re restructuring the deal on the on the F one side, maybe they said, "Hey, we may you may as well come over to the IndyCar side." But just when you think the the rivalry between Zach and Chip can't get any hotter, something like this happens. And you knew Tony Kanon, he wasn't just going to come back to come back, and he wasn't going to leave Chip Ganassi or or I don't say leave Chip Ganassi, but not go to another team or another opportunity unless he thought it was a good opportunity. McLaren is definitely a good opportunity.
0: Yeah, well, and I just feel like you have more continuity. Look, Alex Blow's going to McLaren in 2024. We already right. know that. That's a, essentially a done deal as well. So this is a team that's being aggressive, and and I don't know if that has anything to do with it. That th- That's a factor. But th- this is a team that is going out and, and basically getting what they want, taking what they want, being aggressive and they put the rest of IndyCar on notice because of it.
1: Eventually you need to start winning 500s and winning championships and quite frankly, winning more races at McLaren, but they're doing all the things to not only take steps to achieve that, but also leaving a a path of pissed off people in their wake, which is, I love it. I'm here for it.
0: Yes. It, it makes things very, very interesting.
1: And if you wanted, we we've talked about rivalries or, or whatever in IndyCar and we needed it with drivers. Maybe it's that team. I think McLaren has definitely been that team that people are starting to root against because of how they operate. I don't have any problem with it, but I can see other people having a problem with it and inside the paddock and outside the paddock. But this is what IndyCar needs is some some spunk, some attitude, some, some healthy rivalries. And the biggest one right now in the sport is definitely Chip versus Zach.
0: Yes. And let's hope we can get some rivalries on track. Hashtag Indie Rivals to, <laughs> to make it more entertaining. But I mean, th- this move is pretty big. Now, what does this mean for Ganassi? I mean, the, the 10 car funding is set. Look, I'm sure there's some sort of money that had to change hands uh, with the Alex Pelot lawsuit stuff. I mean, that ride's secure. Not that that's a surprise. There are other sponsors. You got to remember, it's not like NTT was on the car. For every single race, there was, what, Ridgeline on it a couple of times. Um, we even saw PNC on it, right? Right. So th- they will find a way to make it happen. That's, that's not, American Legion was also on it. Like, that's not. They'll be fine. That's not a concern. But
1: it does hurt. I imagine it's a significant amount of money that they were getting from NTT, and that's gone.
0: Plus Just, the money gone from Carvana as of yes, right now. Yes, it's
1: a good point, too, so. Chip's got to do some some rearranging, and once again, it's McLaren grabbing somebody or an entity that that was with Chip, and I'm here for it. Bring it, bring it, bring it. Next is Scott Dixon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> S- someone's Someone's got to step up. <laughs> so that's the first look at things, at least on, on the news, that we missed. What else do we have? Well, let's talk about it. Indie Lights is no longer. It is now Indie... NXT, Indy Next. Next, I guess. I'm guessing it's Indy Next. Okay. Yeah. We knew there was a name change coming. We knew that it would be presented by Firestone Tires because they switched because Cooper Tires was part of the, the road to Indy, which is now like USF Junior, whatever the, the, the name is yeah, now. Yeah, USF
1: 2000, or USF Juniors, USF 2000, USF Pro 2000.
0: Yes. And what and it's it's not really called the road to indie anymore though I no. forget what they they kind of nicknamed it whatever
1: but, it is it's better than indie next
0: yes so we'll say indie next um they did this to appeal to uh, Gen Z and younger audience <laughs> I <laughs> it's now we're not in that generation mind you to be clear however if it ain't broke don't fix it I guess is how I look at it indie next has zero branding awareness. I at least knew what Indy Lights was. and The Indy Lights name has been around for a very long time. I mean, we're talking like, what, 40 plus years? So Yeah,
1: it's been a while. and It didn't need a hierarchy of things that needed addressed. This is not even on the list.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a series that's finally getting some growth, finally has some stability with car count, it seems, getting a lot of drivers up until this offseason has had driver's advance to IndyCar that won the championship. And we have a new name, but we have the current champion unable to land in IndyCar ride.
1: That's a bigger problem than, than the name.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I I don't know. it seems like a bunch of old people trying to be cool. It's like me coming up with Indy next. I, I don't know what 20 somethings are into but I feel like I'm closer to that demographic than the people making these decisions.
0: Also, if you're going to try to target someone, don't you want to target like a 10 year old?
1: I I don't understand what, what this does. The
0: people driving in in this series are often, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. So you want to target someone, you know, much younger. I
1: wasn't there a, a, was it WNBA? That was the slogan we got next or something. I think so early on in their in their formation. I think that's a good 20 years old like that. That's the same thing as this basically 20 years after like 2022. I I don't I don't understand what this does. And really nobody's really come up front and said why this needed changed. There's really no rationale on or or description on what the plan is for indie, indie indie lights? I'm sorry, I'm just I'm still gonna call it indie lights. What's the plan with indie lights? Is it just a rebrand and that's it? What were you trying to get away from?
0: They're trying to defy everything.
1: <laughs> Apparently,
0: <laughs> here's uh. here's my real issue with this name, and this is like a, a, a that there's no vowel in it. <laughs> no, well, yeah, but jokes aside, but like seriously, this what I do not understand with this. So WWE, they're like kind of undercard series, if you will, Yeah, it's
1: called WWE it, next, right?
0: Yes. NXT. Yes. The same thing. Yes. Plus one of my buddies texted me. He's an IndyCar fan texting me. Uh, yeah, my accounting software is also called NXT. So there's multiple things where it's going to confuse people. Like, did they not do a Google search here? No, they didn't. And realize one, one, could you get like a a cease and desist, you know, from these other entities?
1: Unless it's trademarked. Is NXT trademarked by either one of those two?
0: I'm not sure. I mean, that's, that's the concern. Now they're not going to trademark NXT. They trademark Indie NXT, but correct. Just because of the branding, that, that could be an actual problem for them.
1: I just want somebody to explain to me in simple terms, what was wrong with Indie lights and why Indie, nxt or ne- do we know is it nxt or next or what are we supposed to say
0: i think it's next
1: why what was wrong with indie lights somebody's gonna have to come to me and and i find it hard to believe they're gonna say well plenty of people didn't want to enter indie lights because it doesn't have a zippy name i don't understand and the investment that Roger Penske and the Penske Corporation have to make in rebranding everything with Indy Lights. Now it's not as big of a deal as it would be IndyCar, but it's still, you have to go through and every reference to Indie Lights is now indie next or whatever, and whatever minuscule marketing campaign that you put together. How much did that 20 second, 30 second video cost? Several thousand dollars at least. So why? Why 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 are we doing this? Is 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 it now gonna be indie next and indie now? Instead of IndyCar? <laughs> Is that what we're setting ourselves up for? I don't, I, I don't understand.
0: I, it better not be.
1: I don't get it. I don't get the reasoning, and we weren't the only ones. There was plenty of WTFs out there on the Twitterverse after this came out.
0: Yeah, with all the WWE tie-ins and people just saying, uh, did they even research this? I, I guess that's my concern. Indy next, or NXT by Firestone. That's the the name. The official name. Whatever. Schedule also released for the season. They'll open it at St. Pete with IndyCar, then be at Barber late April. IMS Road Course, two races that weekend along with IndyCar. Detroit, two races with IndyCar. Road America, Mid-Ohio, Iowa, Nashville, Gateway, Portland, and then a doubleheader at Laguna Seca. So all the weekends with IndyCar. No real surprises on the schedule. Nothing, There's nothing really out of the ordinary with any of that, but...
1: And the problem is, more people are talking about the name than your schedule. I don't know if I had, had, would have released both at the same di- at the same time, because oh yeah, the schedule got released, but everybody's talking about Indy Next, or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the schedule's not that big of an announcement, because you know it'll be with IndyCar. They haven't right. done many of those weekends, especially because Penske Entertainment took over. Why right. would they have a weekend just for Indy Next, outside of in IndyCar race weekend.
1: Because everything is about saving money unless it comes to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway.
0: Huh, yeah, which next week (laughs) we'll we'll dive into that that for sure. Uh, Uh, Since as we record this on November 3rd, November 4th, Friday is the three-year anniversary of Penske taking over IMS in IndyCar. And we'll kind of do a a three-year review since obviously year one gets a complete pass through the pandemic and even for most of of year year two, two. but now year three, we can really no longer dive into an excuse. Yes.
1: And for us to be sitting here four months from year four and still really not have a concrete blueprint of where this series is going is concerning. But we'll talk about that in the next episode
0: for sure. Some other topics to get to. We mentioned so more ovals, Roger Penske saying to David Malsher, Lopez, motorsport.com. We are looking at Milwaukee and to how we can add ovals to our schedule in the future, but we certainly don't have a deal to return there. And anything you've heard like that is somewhat speculation. So, again, they're looking to add Milwaukee. This is not a surprise, but Penske's on the record now with it. So that does mean something, right?
1: Sure. I think lights is a trial, or uh, excuse me, trucks is a trial.
0: Yes. This and in. then Penske talks about how important it was to get Texas. They want to. You know to return and make that a proper event, um. But Milwaukee's the only one he mentioned by name as far as a future possibility. But they're heavily investing in the Texas race, not just because it's preparation for Indy, which Penske believes is very important to have an oval before the Indy 500, but also because it's a key market for NTT. So that's that's what they're looking at there. I, I guess look, you want more ovals, add more ovals. Just do it. Less talk, more action. Here's my problem.
1: Okay, with ovals. So this is how it goes. IndyCar fans say they want more ovals. IndyCar adds ovals. IndyCar fans do not go to ovals. IndyCar drops ovals. And the cycle repeats itself. So people wanting ovals, IndyCar adds them, nobody goes, IndyCar drops them, repeat. So once again, here we are that Roger Penske is saying the right things and saying we're going to add ovals and people going, yeah, we need more ovals, but then people don't show up. And I know people will say, well, look at Iowa. Well, that's been one year and an, 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 an immense amount of money was put up, particularly for the musical acts across the weekend. Is that sustainable? I don't know. Maybe it is. But you look at Gateway, and for four or five years, that was the beacon of this is how it's going to be for IndyCar if you just do what Gateway
0: does. Until they got NASCAR.
1: Until they got NASCAR, and now it's really... about IndyCar is very much an afterthought now. And even Gateway is declining in attendance. So here's the thing, folks. If you want ovals, go to ovals. If you... I mean... IndyCar will add 20 ovals tomorrow if they can guarantee 40,000 people at each race at each oval, but nobody shows up. Nobody shows up. And you can say, "Well, the the product isn't that great, blah blah blah. Oh, there's not much going on at the track." Look, put your money where your mouth is. If you want ovals on the on the schedule, if you want more than the 4 we have, then go to the ovals. Go to Milwaukee. Go to Richmond if it goes on the schedule. Go to Homestead. Wherever. You need to show up because IndyCar repeatedly has added ovals and nobody goes. So I don't know what you expect Roger Penske to do here because he's going to put races in markets where people show up. And right now ovals aren't selling. And there's a history of that too. How many, how many ovals have been added to the schedule and dropped over the past decade?
0: Past decade, man, that's a good question. I mean, technically Richmond, which never happened due to the pandemic, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Phoenix, Pocono, I mean Vegas, but for different reasons. Yeah, Vegas, Fontana. Yep, that's another one. Pocono,
1: you mentioned Pocono. Yeah. I mean, the that's list is a half is, dozen. Right, that's there. a half dozen. That if people would have shown up and even take Vegas out of it, that's five racetracks right there that would still have IndyCar races if people showed up. Well, but they
0: and, don't. And even Pocono, I mean, their crowd was growing at the end because partly because people thought, well, this will be it, right, for IndyCar at Pocono. And I get you had a couple of bad bad wrecks there. It's very unfortunate. We lost Justin Wilson there. It's unfortunate. But tremendously what to, unlucky what happened to, to Robert Wickens, and and then you had the big crash. No one was hurt, but you had the big crash with Takuma Sato and a bunch, a handful of drivers.
1: Look, we early still go to Texas. Final race. Yeah. And to me, Texas is a lot more dangerous, in my opinion, than Pocono. You just had some bad luck situations. First, of course, with Justin Wilson, and then Robert Wickens. But you. It's, it's just, it, I roll my eyes when I see these stories about adding more ovals. I'm like, why would you add more ovals? Nobody goes.
0: But that's you, me. You, you got to find a way to promote it. Look, having a race and then some vintage car laps or some stunt performance before and that's it. That's not good enough. You, you got to combine a lot more entertainment. And I think that's why road and street course events. You don't have to sit in hot bleachers in the sun. Correct. For hours. You can move around. You can bring your camping chair, blanket, move around. You got sit other things mounds. going on on track. Yeah. You have, actual races. You have a lot of food vendors and gateway has done a good job of kind of working around. That. I mean, they have a, a huge amount of food vendors in access for that. They, they have like a, I think a contest every year of, you know, best concession and all right. that. They have lots of entertainment. They do lots of things that other tracks don't do, but you have to make it a big event. And doing the the high level concerts that they did at Iowa. I mean, that is something, but that's not an end all be all. It may not work at every place. So you have to think outside the box, think outside the oval.
1: And it's very much chicken or the egg because a lot of these tracks are going, why am I going to invest in a lot of marketing when I'm not expecting a big crowd anyway, or I don't have the budget because I lost X amount of money on this race last year. So It's very much people are like, well, the track needs to, the series needs to invest in marketing. Well, take Texas. They've probably lost six figures on hosting IndyCar over the years, at least. And you all of a sudden want them to pump $250,000 in marketing and promotion? They probably did that before, and they probably lost a lot of money. So in my opinion, it's, it's put up or shut up. Because I think Roger Penske's gonna do his part. He's gonna add Milwaukee. He'll try to add Richmond. But will people show up? And will they show up in year two, three, four, five, six? It's a good question.
0: Yeah, that's the ultimate question. And I feel like we have that question right now with, with Gateway is part of it. But you have to provide more value than just a race for people to show up to and do something new. And also part of the reason why. The crowds went away. I mean, a lot of people attended the other races because they had to as part of the the season ticket package for tracks where you had to buy all the races to get the, the NASCAR Cup Series tickets. Right. So they went that, to the other That ones. was a hot
1: ticket which yeah. no longer is.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that changed and then that changed the oval crowds and it doesn't help that NASCAR owns what, 95% of the ovals <laughs> in this country? I mean, seriously, 90-95%. Yeah. to 95%. Um, And so that gives NASCAR instead of to not promote IndyCar and promote NASCAR, because once you do the same, I mean, you promote your own product over someone else who's essentially is what a track rental.
1: Right. Well, and that's the thing because in the end, NASCAR wants their tracks to be profitable and they're going to have profitable events. And if IndyCar events at ovals were profitable, then more ovals will be on the schedule period. That's what it comes down to. If ovals made money in indycar there would be more of them on the track i think the whole nascar thing and owning them maybe not as clear cut and dry as it was maybe 10 years ago where saying okay nascar is never gonna allow indycar this that or the other track i think these tracks want to make money and they want to turn a profit and they'll bring in any event that will help them make a profit and if they don't think indycar can make a profit for them then they're not going to host a race
0: yeah, it's plain and simple. And and look, I think that's why they're struggling to get these oval tracks back because they don't believe they can make money on it.
1: I would very much be dip, very strategic in where and what I'm doing on ovals. I would very much rather have, what do we have right now? We have Texas, Iowa, Indy, Gateway. Yep. or Yep. Okay, Indy's its own, so we're looking at three. I would do everything I possibly can to make Texas, Gateway, and Iowa as profitable and successful as possible. That's where I'd focus my attention. And if Milwaukee comes in and says, hey, we see what you're doing here, we want to host an event. And then you add Milwaukee. I would do it that way because I think that's the important thing is, is making these events profitable and it's all about butts and seats or lack thereof.
0: Speaking of ovals, let's talk about the biggest race in the series as the Indy 500 could have bumping next year. Uh, the the, the grid bump, bump. already filling up. We've had uh, a couple of uh, articles in recent days. First from Marshall to racer.com. Then Nathan Brown of the Indy Star talking about what the entry list looks like. Essentially, it's full. So <laughs> Ray Hall, Letterman Lanigan Racing is running a fourth car. That's uh, a new addition that we didn't have. Obviously, we had Aero McLaren SB's fourth car announced as well the other week. So that essentially gets us to thirty three entries that are confirmed. Now we're awaiting the fourth Ganassi entry. We're awaiting a Dale coin entry. We're awaiting both try and ride bold entries as far as drivers. The second Hunko's Hollinger car, the fourth Ray Hall car, which uh Ryan Hunter Ray is, I guess, considered to be the favorite uh for that ride. But uh, according to Marshall Pruitt. But that's where we stand with that. Plus we could have extra entries from Foyt, from Ganassi. And Dale Coyne racing a potential third. So that's where things look at right now. Dragon Speed. Um, n- not really expected to be back. Cusick expected to be back with Stefan Wilson. Um, Ed Carpenter Racing only running three. Top Gun, obviously not going to be a part of it. But R.C. Enerson, Neil Enerson, they could run something potentially. Um, and then looking at Other entries, we're not expecting an extra from from Penske, for example. That's where things stand. It really just comes down to where does Jimmy Johnson go for the 500 if he's going to race in the 500? I think that's the ultimate question right now.
1: Yeah, if anywhere. But, man, how amazing is it, Caleb? We sit here six months away from the Indianapolis 500, and we have 33 cars.
0: It's great. I guess the bummer is that, the max max is 36 and right. we know that and the reality is 34 35 and i don't think we we'll more there. likely yeah
1: well this is a problem is i i know when we look at this lineup and there's a very much dearth of indie only programs but this goes back i feel to the engine shortage is the key is to have an engine and if you don't feel like you have a shot at getting an engine then what's the point for everything else so when these engine leases are so difficult to secure and basically maxed out before we even get to the one-offs or the majority of the one-offs with with independent teams within the indie-only programs. And it's very difficult to get off the ground and get very far. I mean, this is including... Are we at 33 even without e- equating Peretta Autosport into this? Yes. And we assume that they're in, in the discussions and in the conversation. So the fact that we're with... Once again, with with Chevy and Honda maxing out their programs and even probably more so to get over 33, but not necessarily over 36 is you're really thinning the herd in terms of eligible programs to put something together for for May, unfortunately. And I think this is a product of the last couple of years with so many programs and and teams trying to get something together and not being able to, to get an engine lease or not being able to get it. And I think that's really shied people away from not only coming back continuously, but also new people that would try to enter the Indianapolis 500, seeing the barriers that these other indie only programs are having to face.
0: So Nathan Brown of the Indy star saying Honda's at 18. We don't expect them to run more than that. Five for Andretti. All those spots confirmed. Chip Ganassi racing with four. Obviously, that fourth car, a TBA, a TBA. Ray Hall with four, their fourth car also TBA. Coin with three, according to Brown. Malukas Sato, and a TBA. Now, Sato, it sounds like could be ovals only. Yeah. That seems like one of the possibilities. Shank Racing will stick with two. And then for Chevy, four at Aero McLaren SP, three at Penske, three at Ed Carpenter Racing, two at Foyt, two at Dryden Reinbold. Again, both those to be announced. Hunkos, uh Hollinger Racing, Lot and then uh, TBA as well. As far as how could this field expand, so that right there is 34. AJ Foyt Racing, they could add a third. I'm guessing they would, say, if Stefan Wilson and Cusick, and that's a a lucrative deal for them again. um, That's a possibility. Ed Carpenter Racing, set at three cars, but... Um... Barring uh, you know, barring a change in status quo, they'll be at three. But there's potential for a fourth. Depends on what Peretta is able to put together. Um, that seems iffy for them. pinsky's going to stay at three unless uh, I guess something crazy comes up for them. And then it just comes down to who we could see for the fourth Ganassi, fourth uh, Ray Hall, and third Coin. Uh, I mean. Brown reporting that Jimmy Johnson could be a possibility. Um, he was apparently in talks with the Ray Hall team before his deal came together with Ganassi. So that's, that's one possibility there. Um, also, Dale Coin Racing expects to have his full, full lineup for 2023 finalized by Thanksgiving. So that's a couple of weeks away as far as drivers go. You would think that the fourth Ganassi would be Jimmy Johnson, but if they want that car to be full time, how do they piece that together?
1: Do they yeah. go? Do they run a fifth for that, Indy only if yeah, they do a fourth full time?
0: Wouldn't that get Honda though to 19? And I don't think there's a chance. It, well,
1: depends Pruitt on who was, that is. Yeah,
0: Fruit was saying, you know, could they do a 19th if it's Jimmy Johnson or a, a high profile person? I mean, that's one where you maybe bite the bullet for it. Right, But even then, that seems like a reach.
1: But I think Chip is waiting on that car to see what Jimmy is going to do, I imagine. Is that where we're at? And what's that deadline for Chip? If he has an opportunity to run a fourth full-time car, does he take it? And what's the hard deadline for that? I don't know. Does he have to reconsider it now with the loss of a couple sponsors? Carvana, namely, and DT? Does that throw that influx of at least running four full-time cars with a fifth for may is it now become three full-time cars with a fourth for may
0: well nicholas latifi was kind of rumored for that ganassi seat however he's kind of pushed back on some of that in recent weeks just because he's saying he's undecided for 2023 he may sit out a year um he may you know do something else in f1 so i mean the Everything's kind of up in the air. He says he's interested in any car, but he's not signed anything and unsure what he will do in 2023.
1: Difficult when you still have an F1 season to conclude, like Latifi does. What is there? Two races left?
0: Um, A couple of races. Yeah, Abu the Dhabi, two. and I think there's a couple left.
1: So he's probably not really going to put 100% of his focus on next season until he finishes up Formula One. So I, I think there's some decisions still to be made, but the fact that we sit at 33 right now in early November, absolutely tremendous. Do we end up at 34, 35, maybe even 36? We'll see, but at least we know here in early November we're not going to be scrambling in March, April, trying to find enough entries to fill the field.
0: Also, these notes from Brown's article, com. So Dennis Reinbold says they will have two cars in the 500 in 2023, we know that. But Sage Karam will not be one of the drivers.
1: Interesting.
0: Uh, Karam told IndyStar the team had informed him they require drivers with a significant budget for their rides, something he couldn't provide. Uh, Karam's actually having some success in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, doing a handful of races there the past couple of years.
1: Hopefully he gets a greater opportunity in 2023 to do that because I think Sage's future, yeah. if he wants to be a full-time driver, lies in Tin
0: Tops. And Brown kind of surmises Don Cusick, Stefan Wilson. They provide a lot of funding. You know, could that be an option at dry and Reinbold for one of the seats? Then also there's the second Hunko's Hollinger car and Marathi Autosports still doing their, their crowd funded entry. It's gotten a lot of money, has not it? Yeah. $127,000 over the last 12 months. I mean, and that's a, something a that goal of collecting another 250,000, um, before the 500, so they didn't have a car last year, but they followed through on perks for investors. We saw people with Marathi shirts on at right? the track, like at Carb Day. So, I mean, they were out there.
1: We did, and kind of scoffed when that initiative was thrown out there. But man, crowdfunding has been a tremendous success for various entities, whether it be in 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 sport, in in movies, in getting ideas off the ground, and and stuff like that. So. Don't scoff at such things because it's worked out and Maradi Autosport uh, on the right path, but it comes back to engine leases and they may not have a shot 2023. We'll see.
0: So, a list of drivers who told Indy Star they were actively searching for a ride Ryan Hunter reay Ed Jones, Jer Hildebrand, Marcus Armstrong, Matthew Brabham, Charlie Kimball, Linus Lundquist, and RC Enerson. So, that's the it's full Significant list. list. Yes. So, that's where we stand on Indy 500 entries, nothing really a major surprise. I think care not returning. That's a bit of a surprise for sure, but we shall see what happens. I mean, those dry and rainbow cars have been really good the past couple of years, but if they're going to require funding, I feel like that kind of changes those entries.
1: It does. And I mean, do you drop down? Cause they're running two, correct?
0: Yeah, they're running two. Do you
1: drop to one? Based on funding, or or what? Or is that opportunity still open, they're just going to need a paid driver? I mean, could that be an R.C. Enerson type thing? Maybe.
0: I don't know. I mean, they'll have their pick of drivers with budgets. It's just, Stefan Wilson has a budget outside of that. I don't know where things stand.
1: A lot to figure out in that regard, but not a lot of questions overall compared to most years. Yeah. It's, at this it's time a, of the year, it's a
0: good problem.
1: Good. It's a good problem. I would hope at least 35. I We've talked about it at length, Caleb. I hate that 34. You're only bumping one. I do want bumping, but I don't want to bump one. I'd love yeah. to get to 35 and more.
0: Yeah. To, to me, 36 is like the minimum where it feels like it's really something. And we last had 36, what, in 2019 when we had Alonzo go home? We had Pato Ward go home and max chilton so that is an ideal setup and that was in the first year of a new car so you can't tell me that you can't yeah, you know, you get can't. the entries you know this is the last year of this engine formula and the next year with the, the hybrid engine which they did the first hybrid test at, at ims i think with honda the other week so they tested their package on the road course a couple weeks ago but you can't tell me that you, you can't put together you know extra entries when we saw that happen in 2019. I guess that would have been year two, though, of that sure. new chassis package. I
1: think it just all comes down to two things. Available engine leases and, of course, teams willing to loan out equipment to other teams. And I think that was one of the issues last year. I don't see that going away. And I don't see Chevy and Honda all of a sudden coming up and say, yeah, we're going to support 20 engine leases each. I don't see that as reality.
0: Elsewhere in the news, Colton Hurta. Now, Racer had reported this a while back before this news went out, but Andretti Autosport confirmed Colton Herta will remain with the team through the 2027 season, along with GameBridge. There are reports that the contract is now the highest paid for a driver. $7 million? Is that the
1: number I saw thrown out there?
0: In IndyCar. I'm confused because I've heard everything from... You know, Scott Dixon makes 3 million a year to 5 million after a recent extension. He he was the highest paid driver in the series. From, I don't th- I don't think there's any doubt.
1: And I think that's now Colton Hurta. From yes. things that I have seen, upwards of 6 to 7 million dollars a year that Andretti is paying Colton Hurta.
0: And it's believed that his contract would allow for a move to F1. Um uh, with Andretti but his new contract it prevents such a move until 2025 now if it's with Andretti Global obviously that's a little different they'd find a way to figure that out but but here's the thing they locked in their only legitimate title contender their only race winner on the team <laughs> uh, i mean they had definitely to, needed to do that. they had to do this
1: here's the thing contracts as we know mean nothing so just because you signed Colton Herta to this deal doesn't mean that if he is wanted in Formula One by somebody, they won't pay out that contract to get him. I mean, there's stupid money in Formula One. So I'm sure there's an out clause of some sort. I'm sure it's a, 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 a big number that Andretti would ask for, but I'm sure there's a number. And I think if he continues to perform in IndyCar, and if he wins a 500, if he wins a championship, the... Want of him in Formula One is only going to grow because there are a couple teams that already have expressed interest in Colton Herta when the thought was he would be able to get his super license points. That would only grow if he's able to perform more and more. So, yeah, the contract says he's locked in until 2027, but money talks, and Formula One teams have a whole hell of a lot of money.
0: Yeah, they have a lot of money. And if they can find a way to get Colton Herta, look, he's got to get the super license points and he's really got to perform this upcoming season because of that extra year thrown into the pandemic that really shuffles, you know, his, his points totals after this upcoming season. So this is really his year to perform, to, to get to that level again.
1: And it would be nice if he had some help with some team by some teammates up front consistently.
0: Yeah. Grosjean, underperformed, we weren't expecting much from Devlin De Francesco. He, signs, he had though. some flashes, though, he later did. in the season. Had some speed at, at a few events. And then Kyle Kirkwood, I, I mean, going from Foyt to Andretti, that's a huge increase as far as engineers and car prep and speed and everything, but... He needs to stop we'll, crashing into things. Yes, we'll be curious if he can be a different driver in year two. I, I hope so, for his sake, and I think the sport's sake, I think he could be a really big young up and coming star, but we got to see him finish races first.
1: And I think Andretti needs something to happen to stop the bleeding every successive year over. What would you say the last three years, maybe even four years, the lineup has gotten weaker and weaker and weaker, and it needs to make some changes and try to hit on something. That's going to give it multiple bullets in the chamber week after week, race after race. It hasn't had that. And Yes, Colton Herta is a star and he's a, a contender. But other than that, you have a bunch of of what ifs and could be's, and it hasn't worked out for Andretti the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, I mean they've gone from having two NE five hundred winners on the team as recently as twenty twenty one, and several guys who had won races to just Herta being a race winner. No championships, no any five hundred wins uh, on the team next year with the with the loss of Alexander Rossi, and then obviously Hunter Ray. Exited the team after 2021, so that's where things stand. But this is kind of a, a big year for her to, to try to put something together and bounce back from a disappointing tenth in the championship.
1: Well, I'm sure we will get that inevitable story about Andretti and their and and their behind the scenes changes, like we do with with Foyt as well. we'll but this is, comes down to the drivers and performing on track. And last year they didn't do it.
0: In one other note, before we get to news and notes and other items in the episode. Flat Rock Motorsports Park and Motor Club, which is a new racing circuit in Tennessee, aims to become a world-class motorsports destination. They could host IndyCar, MotoGP, groundbreaking underway, 2023 opening. This is 30 miles west of Knoxville, so off the interstate. So basically just kind of in between the Tri-Cities area and Knoxville, where you have, you know, Bristol is not, that much further away. I mean, you're right. A couple uh, hour and a half or so, Um, but this is a pretty big deal. 100 million dollar project in the area. Uh, President Rusty Biddle is in charge of it. But 800 acre Motorsports Park, they want to host IndyCar. A lot of people already throwing out there. Could they be the track that hosts IndyCar? You know, in place of Nashville, if if that were to happen
1: at least temporarily while they're building the new stadium.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a, a possibility, I guess. Um, My hope is, look, there's very
1: few tracks out there that say we want IndyCar. So you need to figure out how to go to that facility if they do indeed make the upgrades they need to make to become a good enough facility to host IndyCar. It can't be a NOLA-type situation, right? So if they do what they need to do, then I'm going there. And it sounds like an energetic group. We've heard this a lot though. I mean the difference between saying you want to do this, that, and the other, and actually making it happen is two completely different things. But if if flat rock can do it, then IndyCar should definitely entertain it because coming back, there there's a lot of tracks out there, and not a lot of them are saying we want to host IndyCar.
0: Project also includes a luxury hotel, restaurant, brewery, winery. And live music performance amphitheater. Um, they'll have multiple tracks, you know, as part of this different circuits. But a two point six seven mile Grand Prix style road course.
1: You had me at brewery. <laughs> I'm sold.
0: So look, if they have an IndyCar race out there, I will be there. But now
1: Knoxville is what the southeast, south or the east, east part of Tennessee. Far east, far east. So from Nashville to Knoxville what two hours
0: uh well because it's in a different time zone it's well yeah but i'm saying it's like technically it's like a two and a half hour drive but due to timing it's it's different so
1: yeah yeah but without time zone change it takes two and a half hours to get from nashville to
0: knoxville roughly okay so i mean as i'm learning
1: my state capitals where knoxville was on the map
0: yeah it's it's to say if they keep Nashville, I think it's just completely different crowds. I mean, you're talking about a completely different market, a street circuit from a road course. I mean, those are different bases of people.
1: I would agree. Put a couple months in between them. You're fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No concern. I mean, just like Milwaukee and road America, road America's road course. Yeah. Milwaukee's actually in, you know, the city. It's an oval. It's, these are different types of events. And I think you space them out two, three months. You're good.
1: And, Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, the Nashville crowd strikes me as 80% of those people. And maybe that's high, but 70% of those people aren't paying attention to IndyCar the rest of the year.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, for the first race, yeah. I mean, it's just a curiosity factor. Yeah. Last year, I think he had a lot more IndyCar fans. Yeah. Um, but I'd say they're mostly fans from Nashville or wanting to go to that race because it's a destination city.
1: And that's what I'm saying. Destination city, it's something to do other things going on in addition to the race. I just don't know how many of those people going to Nashville also are traveling to other races, at least the people that live in Nashville that are going to the race. So I think they could both work, spread them out a little bit. I feel like you'd be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think if you have a big enough gap, you can definitely, figure everything out i'm sure there's
1: people out there going well why don't you just go to the nashville super speedway if you're going to another race in tennessee well people would show up to oval races maybe they would but
0: they don't also that racetrack is nowhere close to nashville i cannot stress that enough
1: which just because they're both in tennessee doesn't mean they're that close together
0: yes correct if you do, uh, agree or disagree with us, we'd love for you to interact with us. You can find us new while you're there, sign up for the email list. So you never miss an episode or any special announcements. Plus you can also check out the store. We have t-shirts and stickers for sale year round. Be sure to check those out. You can also follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is IndyCarPodcast. Same on Instagram. On Facebook, just search for new track record. You can email us new track Podcast at gmail.com. You can support us via Patreon, Patreon.com slash new track record. Thanks to Xavier Rob and others for their support. Again, just as little as one dollar a month to be a supporter for us on there. And as always, you can follow us for free on your favorite podcasting platform Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you find your podcasts, all for free. Okay, mailbag time. We actually have a lot to get to because, you know, you're off for a couple weeks and that's how these things happen. So, first off. What do we got? We have several things. People commenting on Latifi going away. This from F1 Porpoise. Goodbye, Latifi. You have been so slow.
1: (laughs) Poor Latifi. Is it Latifi or is it Williams? Probably both.
0: Yes. I, I feel like it's a little... A little bit of both. Uh, Someone uh, talking about, you know, Indy Lights champ and, you know, Lundquist not really having opportunities. Run underscore Mark underscore run says it should be an automatic promotion. I mean, it was essentially with the correct money, Money. but now that's gone away and now you're having issues. I just think it's still not coming
1: back next year from what we understand. It seemed like it was going to be a problem rectified for 2023, but it doesn't sound like the purse is going to increase by that much.
0: No, no. The the race-by-race race payouts are better, but the purse for the winner will not increase, which is a problem.
1: But it's very much... And, and could this be a long-time play? Because does Roger Penske want the leader circle to be as lucrative as it is, as opposed to paying out to win races? And is this maybe a step to... Okay, we're going to do it with Indy Lights and then go the way of it in IndyCar where you're going to have to perform on track to get some of
0: this money. I sure hope not.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know, a successful business doesn't include subsidization, or at least subsidization at the level that IndyCar does with its winner circle money. We just we just take that for granted at this point that it's just something you get, but it's a subs- it's a subsidized League is what it is, is yeah. you're getting paid to participate as a full-time car or entry in the series. And that's not good business sense. It's not as a, as Roger Penske, when you're handing out, what is it? $22 million, a million dollars per entry. Yeah. Per year, or, that's or a more. lot of money.
0: Well, that's and think about this in, in F1. I mean, like you got to score points to get, you know, money, the, the prize money for manufacturers. Yeah.
1: Now, of course, IndyCar is not a level of formula one, no. but there's also not any subsidization in cup, correct? I mean, you're getting media money.
0: Well, they have the whatever they call the the like the team like to transfer Charters. charter yeah. yeah, yeah, charter system.
1: But that's more to be in the league, not to be part of some sort of subsidy that you're getting True. in cup. So, long term Business sense tells you that we have to get out of the hole of giving 20, $25 million per year to our teams for participating in our series. And I think it's for a long time. We've taken that for granted because it's been needed, but how does IndyCar get to an, a point where it's not needed? And I think that's a, that's a great question and it would be nice to have a blueprint for what Penske Corp is going to do with this series going forward. And we'll touch more on that Next week, but could this be with Indy Lights, maybe testing the waters of that and saying, "Okay, let's see if we can cut out some of this uh, financial assistance to these drivers and teams and put it more in the in the purses and see how that results." So far, the results have not been good, at least for the Indy Lights champion. You can't make it mandatory because you can't make a team run a guy or girl. You just can't do that.
0: Yeah, and but we've only seen one lights guy not even get an car opportunity that was JK Verne that's simply because he crashed in his IndyCar test not great he was not great
1: so you hope this is the exception to the rule this next coming coming season with 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 this situation but uh, with Linus Lundqvist but we'll see well hopefully it's not the start of a trend
0: That's a problem. Uh, Yes, it is absolutely a problem. Discussion on more ovals. Penske's comments on wanting more ovals on the schedule. Nick J. Fletcher says, I hear they're turning Burke Lakefront Airport into an oval shaped like Milwaukee (laughs) with the fencing from Pocono and the bleachers from Chicagoland. Going to cap ticket sales at 38 seats, hoping for a sellout. For the record, I'm going to Milwaukee if it's back. Hunter's Way 67 says, Then make it happen for crying out loud. Stop putting everything off for a year or two and act now. Yeah, I think IndyCar fans are getting to that point. I think we are. Uh-huh. Uh, Phil underscore Barksdale, this is a great point. Do more ovals want IndyCar though? I would agree. Yeah, that's the thing. Ovals want
1: IndyCar if the race can be profitable. And I don't know how many ovals on the schedule right now are profitable. I can guarantee you, Texas isn't. No, I don't know if Iowa is after the amount of investment they had to make last year.
0: I think it is just based on the sponsor with High V, probably. But I think
1: hy V took a loss on that last year just to put itself out there yeah, in terms to get of marketing.
0: Their, their name out there. Yes. You know, nationally. So
1: everybody says, well, just market Iowa like every race like Iowa. Well, you had a sponsor in hy V willing to take a loss in order to market its company. And you're not going to get a lot of sponsors to do that. You want return on your investment. And the return on investment wasn't financial for hy-vee it was eyes on product right so going back to it you have to make sure these events are profitable for these tracks and it's easier said than done you can't just say well take the iowa model and do that doesn't work everywhere and and so you before you were saying do the gateway model well we're (laughs) seeing how that's going now with gateway having a cup race and indycar very much an afterthought now
0: You tweeted this, IndyCar fans, we want more ovals. IndyCar adds more ovals. IndyCar fans do not show up to ovals. IndyCar drops ovals. Repeat. Some good replies here. Jeff Zerneski, I want more ovals, but what oval are you going to add that provides great racing product? Milwaukee and Richmond may work well with the current package, but did not with previous versions of the car. Larger ovals mean fewer sport series races and no side-by-side racing. Jordan underscore Willman says IndyCar fans have a type. Their heart is for ovals, but the brain suggests road and street courses. People want to go out to events, not sit in the bleachers on ovals all day, especially if you're competing with the World of outlaws and other oval series. More entertaining. Nick J. Fletcher just says, I think you meant hashtag IndyCar in all caps. (laughs) Uh, Indy 500 Trump says, the oval product is boring, even at Indy. Till that's changed, people aren't going to show up year after year outside of the cultural event that is the 500. Yeah, I, I feel like the oval product has to improve as well. Well, that's, that's a, an issue. It's a chicken or the egg
1: thing, right? So do you go to ovals and try to make the product better and take a loss until you can get it better? You, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I think you're in a, a hard spot. Now, here's what you do. If you had a new chassis, a new sexy chassis, some new rules, something like that, maybe shake it up, then maybe you can sell your new car, your new hybrid engines, blah, 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 to these new ovals, but it's the same car. And it's I, been the same car for a while. Yeah, There's for no a, plan. For a decade. What is getting tracks excited in twenty twenty two that's coming in twenty twenty four twenty five five or twenty six to make you want to host an IndyCar race? Hybrid engine's not gonna cut it. No. That's ten year old technology, fifteen year old technology that's finally coming to IndyCar. It's nothing innovative. We've seen it in Formula One forever.
0: At least they have fully renewable fuel, which is truly ahead of everyone else with the exception of Formula E because, well, they run on on battery power.
1: It is, but really, is that moving the needle? No. It's cool. You can market it. You can say you're friendly with the planet, environmentally conscious, blah, blah, blah. But is that really getting thousands of people off their couch and going to races? No.
0: No, it's not. I posted this poll. Who or what does McLaren sign next? 41% 41% said Alex Plow. 39% said Target. 13% Scott Dixon. 6.5% said Carvana. Some of the replies, uh, Scuba Steve 85 says Mike Cole. Uh, according to Stitch says Dario. Laser Disco says Ross Chastain. Uh, <laughs> Art Cole says if they get Target, I will be dead. Uh, IndyCar DJ 32, I voted Target. That would be hilarious. Yeah, Ross Chastain, man. Video game move. I mean, wild. It does awesome. not, does not get better than that. The clip of
1: the year, in my opinion, in motorsport North America.
0: Yes. I mean, it's that, that is the highlight in racing this mm-hmm. year. I don't know how that can be topped.
1: And people worried. well, now people are going to do that all the time. Look, it only works at Bristol Martinsville and maybe Richmond is the only three places you can do that. If you want to go try that at Texas or any other mile and a half, good luck.
0: Some replies on the new Indy Lights name. Uh Laser Disco says IndyCar Marketing Department and a gift of the how do you do, fellow kids. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that was the perfect spot on.
1: Perfect, perfect gift for this
0: situation. Uh, Jeremy from HBG. This is so stupid, it isn't worth the effort to make fun of it. <laughs> okay. Uh from Samuel with a three mixed in. So Cooper Tires are out as a sponsor, eh? Yep. That, that was a Firestone move because Firestone and, and Penske Entertainment took over, so that kind of changed that whole makeup there. But uh, some good replies on this, and look, it, it is what it is. I don't like the move. It's just you don't like that, the move. Something that
1: wasn't needed. If it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: Fully agree. And I, I guess the WWE issues playing spade says how long until the WWE sues In all seriousness, you thought this was a good idea. Uh, Atlanta cat 99 and my condolences to all the drivers who are forced to post about it lights was much <laughs> better. Yeah. That part was really awkward seeing everyone try to about be excited. It, it's like, n- no, I no, I, I, I didn't buy it for a second. Maybe <sighs> we're wrong. Maybe they, maybe they got great feedback, but here's the thing. They'll get feedback now and it'll just be people making fun of the name all season.
1: <laughs> it absolutely will be. Maybe it'll go the way of defy everything and every other catchy marketing slogan. They release every February or March that quickly goes away.
0: Some other r- replies that I missed on, you know, some tracks in ovals. Someone else said, big D cart said two words, Cleveland roval on, as far as soon McLaren signed, signs that Ramsey's underscore a underscore Perez says, is an Alex signed for 2024. Yeah. As far as we know, he is, uh, auto sport lab said Husky chocolate is title sponsor for Alex Rossi. (laughs) Um, Tyler underscore Allen, the other Zach Brown's band. That's funny. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Scott Nixon's taco (laughs) bell. He also says that that's a good one. Um, you have to think
1: next is what, the what it's the big bank for them in Pittsburgh that's PNC PNC oh yeah, yeah they're jumping
0: yeah Bauer Racing says I want world peace when referencing you know ovals he <laughs> just wants world peace someone else Daniel SCM 2004 just come back to Pocono and Watkins Glint yeah you got to get a northeast race yeah and then DeGarra New Hampshire <laughs> maybe as, long says, as you don't try to
1: restart the race in the rain
0: yeah DeGarra says well the fans did show up at Iowa talking about ovals that that is true
1: they showed up for an event Yes, They didn't show, I don't think, they. some people showed up for the race, for sure. A lot of other people showed up for concerts. And that's fine. But not every race can be an event like that with a sponsor willing to take a financial loss.
0: Time for news and notes. Thanks to everyone for their submissions in the mailbag. News and notes time. Uh, Plenty of little items to get to. First off, Alex Pillow at his FP1 at Coda. Finished 17th in the session. Pretty impressive performance. I yeah, thought. considering he never got to run on soft tires. Looked pretty good. Was Had great pace mid-pack
1: before of the drivers
0: Sargent. switched to soft. So Logan Sargent also got a debut. He didn't get a super license point out of it, though, because he was like four kilometers short of the 100 kilometers required oh. due to a late red flag. Lame. Just yeah. round up. Yeah. Come on. Daniel Ricardo uh, also at COTA said, Oval, scare me in regards to IndyCar. Not going to move to IndyCar next year. This is not a surprise. It was never going to happen. Then there's Valtteri Botas with his comments. IndyCar is quite interesting. It seems like a pretty cool series. Tracks are nice. Racing seems really real. And probably, from my understanding, a little less politics than an F1. Uh, A little bit.
1: Understatement of the century. Understatement.
0: And then Chip said, give him my cell number in a tweet. And then Botas and said he was not swayed by Ganassi's tweet. But here we are.
1: Well, that means if Ganassi's reaching out, Zach Brown will assume be reaching out. (laughs) I think Valtteri Bottas could be a guy that once his Formula One career is over would come over and do IndyCar. But I don't know. Are are we reaching a point where every driver that's nearing the twilight of their Formula One career is going to be asked about IndyCar? I mean, do we really need that?
0: It seems like that's a thing. (laughs) Vettel! Ricardo, Botas, Latifi, Latifi. It's just um, kind of um just because ridiculous. Grosjean came over and Alonso did a couple races, right? I mean, that's that's but basically it's it. It's
1: now everybody, everybody that's about to be spit out the bottom of the Formula 1 whatever, I don't know, toilet basically <laughs> is uh is asked about IndyCar and then we we totally overanalyze the comment, whether it's positive or negative on IndyCar and ridicule the driver for saying, if he doesn't say 100% what we want him to say about IndyCar, then people jump down his throat. And if they do talk positive about IndyCar, then he's got to be mentioned in every single open seat for the next two years. It's kind of annoying.
0: Meanwhile, in IndyCar next, Jacob Abel back with Abel Motorsports next year. What's IndyCar next? Indy lights.
1: It's, it will always be Indy lights. Just like it'll always be gateway. (laughs)
0: You still call it Sonoma, not Infinian Remember, it was Infineon <laughs> Raceway. True. Yeah. Yes. Uh, th- this is good news. In fact, I had my my tickets confirmed for the 500 for next year. But all tickets for 2023 events at IMS are on sale. That was as of last week.
1: We actually had uh, Doug Bowles on our yeah. morning show last week when yes. you were out, and President of the of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway joined us to talk about sales for. The 500 and other events, and said that uh, renewals have been very, very good from from last year. So, in good spot, but plenty of tickets to be had now that individual tickets are on sale.
0: Some driver news: Elio Simon Passiono will be back with Meyer Shank Racing for their IMSA endurance lineup in 2023. This is not a surprise. I mean, they're no. sports car aces. Lee Diffie has signed a multi year extension with NBC Sports. So, if you love Lee, you'll get him for more years. If you hate Lee. Deal with
1: it. Deal with it. I love my Lee Diffie during Olympic luge. Yes. And Bob Sled. Yes. He brings it, man. Love it. He brings the action, if you will. He (laughs) does. Skeleton. Double luge, which I feel is always kind of awkward to watch, but he makes me kind of ignore a little bit about the position that (laughs) two people have to lay on top of each other on a sled. I quickly forget it when Lee Diffie is giving me the action going down the the icy tracks that is bobsled luge skeleton
0: also marcus Ericsson will be doing a tour in sweden this month with the borg warner trophy in fact it's underway uh, november 3rd as we're recording it through the 7th we'll visit stockholm then his hometown of Kumla. it's only the fourth time the borg warner trophies left the usa i know it left for japan when yep. Sato one did
1: it go to brazil anytime? I don't know. That's a good question. I have to think it went up there. I'm somewhere. sure it went with to Canada, Canada with like Jacques
0: Villeneuve when he won. I would, I would think. Right. I don't know, but yeah, mm. that's a great question. Uh, Road America announced its repave project completion, so that will be. We'll have some track records next year. You would expect installed.
1: And then, I can I can imagine what track times will go down because it's such a long track and it'll be so much faster. We were talking five, six, eight seconds better than the track record. Maybe I don't know. It's just such a long track, so much time to be made up.
0: And then Jimmy Johnson. This is from Jordan Bianchi of the Athletic, um, finalizing a deal to obtain an ownership stake within the Petty GMS organization starting next year. Johnson will also drive and select races for the team. Announcement expected this week. So there's kind of your NASCAR tie-in as part of his, as part of his kind of picking and choosing what he wants to do next year.
1: Definitely taking the path, maybe not as involved, but of a Jeff Gordon. He's part of Hendrick. And of course, drivers like Dale Earnhardt Jr. owning their own team. So, don't see Jimmy Johnson at least jumping in that deep in ownership and operations, but definitely is going to have a piece in the pie, or, or a skin in the game, so to speak, in Cup going forward.
0: And a couple of things from IndyCar Deep Throat before we get to our random split-air driver of the week. So, first off, um, a source telling IndyCar Deep Throat Jimmy could possibly run full time next year instead of part time as Chip is open to other sponsorship options coming to the team so there's a possibility there which is I, I think very very interesting um,
1: I just don't think Jimmy wants to do it
0: yeah we shall see I, I guess I'd be surprised too also some other kind of semi related things with all that Carvana um, jimmy can race as much as he wants with that and then also would be sponsoring a car for for a nascar team as well as part of that also tony stewart looking to sell off the rest of his ownership to gene haas next year for the nascar cup team
1: so we would get out of ownership team ownership in nascar
0: potentially huh
1: interesting <laughs> I mean, is he a guy that's going to double down on SRX and 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 build that, or have some other other irons in the fire? Well, remember we'll he's see.
0: doing his his um, NHRA stuff. Now.
1: Oh, that's right. He is racing. But is that his team, or is he just racing it? I
0: hmm. do not know. I think it's his wife's team. Or
1: oh yeah, she's a she had. NHRA driver? I think she is, yes. isn't she? Yeah, so that makes sense. I'm sure he's got a financial stake in that, so that would make sense, but like, NHRA doesn't have very many... I mean, I guess, how many events do they have like per year? It's, it's a lot less than Cup.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, way less than Cup.
1: Maybe that. it's like in between IndyCar and Cup, or maybe even less than IndyCar? I don't know. I always picture like 12 or 15 events for NHRA season, but I don't really know. That's interesting. Is he a guy that is trying to lessen the load of what he's got going on just to relax or lessening the load because he's got other things to, he wants to do.
0: I think there are other things he wants to do. And and Uh, that would be by Yeah. Uh, That would be NHRA. I think is Leah Pruitt.
1: Well, what the wife says drag
0: racer and she races for Tony Stewart racing. So go figure.
1: Yeah. Well, what the wife says, what the wife wants wife gets.
0: Yes. and. I think that whole partnership and his interest, I mean, he's very curious about doing the, the drag racing stuff. And, and good for him. Look, he's one in everything else. Why not try something Why not? new? I, I just always have a hard time really cool.
1: equating NHRA with racing. You're just going on a straight line.
0: Have you ever been to it, though? Have you ever been to like the U.S. Nationals? In no, Indy?
1: I'm, I'm not saying it's not exciting or anything. I'm just saying it's, it's very tough for me to equate that as racing.
0: But that's me. You go see it in person, I mean, it'll blow you away.
1: I imagine. I imagine those cars are just
0: watching is crazy. The air, like just moving from the, if you go to the starting line, obviously bring ear protection. I cannot stress that enough. Oh, I'm sure. But you go up to the starting line and they take off the the smell, the air, just the big whoosh. I mean, it's It's crazy. it's, It's an amazing experience.
1: I'll have to do that one of these days. Maybe I'll have a newfound respect for it.
0: For sure. All right. No tweets of the week because, well, I didn't find anything that was that good, <laughs> to be honest. So we'll go to our random split era driver of the week.
1: All right. We're going early days of cart, at least in the split, late 90s, early 2000, and going with Luis Garcia, Jr., Brazilian race car driver bro- born in Brasilia in 1971. He was with, in 1999, Peyton Coin Racing and Hogan Racing. Okay and then 2000 was with RCiero Racing and in 2021 for the first two races of the season with Coin Racing. And a guy that overall raced in man over th- close to 30 races in kart over his career and raced in Formula 3, he raced in Indy Lights in 97 and 98 and captured a win in 1998 1998 at Cleveland in Indy Lights, made his kart de- debut at the season opener in Homestead. After seven races with Coin, he moved to Hogan Racing, where he made three more starts. In 2000, he returned and ran a full season in the RCRO Project Racing Group, Reynard Mercedes, sponsored by Hollywood and Embratel out of Brazil. He returned for the first two races of the 01 season with Coin before poor finishes and a lack of funding ended his kart career he has not driven in a major professional auto race since his last cart appearance in 2001.
0: So his sponsor in 99 was Tang. I see. see that's the initial reason
1: why I, I I took Luis Garcia Jr. Because everybody loves Tang.
0: Yes. And his teammate at Hogan Racing was Elio Castroneves.
1: Hmm. I've heard of him.
0: Yeah. He, he turned out okay. That would have been Elio's rookie year. Or, or no, Sorry, his second year second with Hogan year 99, Racing before right? he went to Penske and his rookie year was with Bentonhausen Racing where he actually had a couple of better results but was slightly better in points in 99 but yes uh, teamed up with a fellow Brazilian at Hogan Racing for a couple of races in 99 and was with the revolving door of Peyton Quinter I mean his teammates, Michelle oh. Jordan Jr., Dennis Vitolo, Galter Salas, Mimo Gidley,
1: a who's who uh, of yes. random split error drivers of the week.
0: Correct. That To be fair, that we would actually know. Yeah,
1: they're so obscure, we know them. We know um, all of them. Which is always the fine line between random drivers that we know and always name drop or random drivers that we've never heard of. But the f- top finish for Luis Garcia Jr. in cart was an 11th at Michigan in 2000. Also had 12th place finishes at Long Beach and Rio that year, as well as Toronto and and Surfers Paradise. He finished 27th that year in points, and of course, his final two races with Dale Coyne Racing in 2001. It was the Grand Prix of Monterey to start the season, and then then the Long Beach Grand Prix, 26th and 27th at those two races, and then was dropped. Those were his final two races in cart, and that was it for Luis Garcia Jr. this week's Random Split Era Driver of the Week.
0: The champion in 99, Juan Pablo Montoya, who tied with Franchitti, but won more races. So that was the deal there. But I was looking at the 99 lineup. I've heard of everyone outside of Luis Garcia Jr. That's And the other one that I, I didn't know, Andrea Montermini, who ran for All-American Racing with Dan Gurney a, a couple of races with that future team.
1: random split ever driver drive yeah. the week right there but
0: everyone else but i started in
1: 90 what i was have the heard first, of. what was the first year of the split 98 96 96 so i went through 96 97 98 and it was like i know all these drivers in cart uh then it started getting a little bit sketch in the late 90s and then of course the fertile feeding ground that is 2005 cart That will carry us through 2023 and 2024. Well,
0: and to be fair, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, IRL. Also, I mean, as, as a lot of guys, you would, you would not have heard of.
1: Definitely. Those are the fertile ground of IRL. And then it switches to a fertile ground of cart slash champ car in the early, mid two thousands.
0: All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Next week, we'll be back three years in of Roger Penske, Penske, entertainment, in control of indianapolis motor speedway indycar and for good measure ims productions as well at least three years since the announcement yes technically they took over january 1 of 2020 but just for for purposes we'll do three years in since it's the off season we need things to talk about uh and we'll kind of break it down where do things stand what are some positives what are some negatives what can we look to build on and what's worked We'll discuss all that next week, plus all the IndyCar news that comes in. Uh, look, I'm sure we'll probably get some driver announcements as well uh, during this time. For Justin Kitty, I'm Caleb Hatch. Thanks for joining us on another edition of New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.